Amen. You may take your seats. It's an honour to be here this morning at Faith Life Church. I feel like I was just here yesterday, um, which I kind of was. It was only a few weeks ago in, in the beginning of June. And uh, since then, I, I just got back from New Zealand. So it was pretty good over there. I've picked up a little bit of an accent <laughs> from New Zealand. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed that. And uh, um, and so I, I was there at a big church in Auckland and saw God's hand move powerfully, saw many people healed. And before that, I was just in America, in LA, um, and, uh, and before that, I was here. So I've been all around this great world of ours and then back home again. There's nothing like home. Amen. Because I believe what God's doing over there, He's doing right here. He's doing in this church. He's doing in, in this city. Amen. Come on, do you believe that? Who's believing for a revival? Who's believing for a great move of God? Four of us. We're going to change the world. No, I honour your pastors as well. They're good family friends of ours. And, uh, and I believe they're in New Zealand right now. Is that right? They're on holidays getting refreshed. So, it's, so I just love them, extend the honour to them. And uh, it's, it's great to be here. But I'm telling you something, church. I believe there's a significant move of God that's about to happen on this earth. Two of us. It's getting worse. Um, if we could... <laughs> the good thing it says we're two or three gathered. No. Um, so I, I believe in for a revival. A great move of God to touch this. I believe it's starting here in Melbourne. The fire of God. But you know what, if, you know what, if you need, if you want a revival, you have to have a revelation, a revelation of who God is, a revelation of what He can do, who He is and what He can do with you. You know, He wants to use you. You know, He wants to use you. He wants to use you to have a mighty move of God across this earth. And I tell you what, He has to use you. He wants to use you. It's in His plan because I'm telling you, Moses Although he was awesome, he's gone. Elijah, he was awesome, he's gone though too. Daniel, all the prophets, they're all gone. Ruth, uh, Elizabeth, Mary, we could go on. Paul, we could go on through the, the entire book of the Bible, but they're all gone. But you know what? Who's here? You are. You're still here. Turn to your neighbour and say, he wants to use you. Come on, we want to see a revival. Then you have to have a revelation. A revelation of who God is. And He wants to use you. You know, Jesus was 100% God, 100% man. And the way He walked and moved across this earth, He showed us that He can use you by His power and by His Spirit. What did He say? He said, everywhere He went, He said, I only do what I see the Father do. The will of God is to set people free, is to heal them, is to deliver them. He only did what He saw His Father do. He was the living, breathing, walking, talking will of God in action on this earth. And just as He was moved and just as He walked on this earth, He wants to use you as His hands, His feet and His mouthpiece. Amen? Amen. But for a revival to be sustained, you must have a reformation. Something's got to change. You can't keep living the same way and expect a revival. You've got to change. And here's, I think, the misconception of revival. We think that what it means is, is, is that this whole church is going to be packed and packed and packed over. And No, that, that, that is what the outcome will eventually be. But a revival is when you and I personally have this revelation of who God is. You want to see a global revival? It starts with a personal revival. 
Come on, I'll say that again. You want to see a global revival? It starts with a personal revival, a personal revelation. You've got to get on fire for God this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to, to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 6. And it says here, Now Jericho was securely shut up. You got it? You found it? Good. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. You shall do this six days, and seven priests shall bear seven ram horns before the ark. But the seventh day says you shall... What does it say? But on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. Somebody say seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. Verse five, it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear, say when you hear, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. No, you missed it. No, you had, you had your chance. That was it. No, I won't read it again. You had your chance to shout with a great shout, but you didn't shout. So you missed the moment. We won't have that moment again. It's gone in time. It's never coming back. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Who loves the Word of God this morning? Come on, I just love the Word of God. It is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. I love the Word of God of God. Amen. The Word of God's good. Now I grew up in a household that we, we love the Word of God. Now my mum, she didn't like, like have it posted on the back of the toilet door or anything like that, but we love the Word. We would, we would often listen to the Word of God. We had the audio Word of God playing in the car everywhere we went. My mum would read me the Word of God uh, at night. It, it was quite funny to me. Because growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch certain movies. See, my life was different to other kids. I was a pastor's kid. And so I never went to parties. I never went to one party. I went to prayer meetings. That's how I grew up. I was, I was in prayer meetings, not parties. Uh, I wasn't allowed to watch certain movies. Like All I wanted to watch was Rambo. But I wasn't allowed to watch Rambo. <laughs> We couldn't watch The Simpsons. Well, we couldn't watch the Halloween specials. We were, it was from the devil. All I wanted to watch was Rambo. I wasn't allowed to watch Rambo, but what I could do was read Joshua. Now, for an eight-year-old kid, this is, a, this is a complete escape from reality because you think about it. What's Rambo like? It's like Joshua. It's exactly the same. I'll be like, Mom, can you read again where he, you know, takes the city? where he takes the heads off the giants. Can, you can't watch Rambo, but you can read Joshua. Hallelujah. Amen. It's the Word of God. But I love this because I was actually in a, a hotel recently and I was watching the Discovery Channel and it came on the whole story of Jericho and it was all before me. And, I, and you've probably heard this preached thousands of times. It's probably the most preached message on the planet. The walls of Jericho coming down. But I, I really believe there's some things here that we overlook. 
There's some things that are, are locked up in here that we miss, that we don't see at all. And I was watching this documentary, and for me, it was a little bit of a spoiler alert because I, I had to wait all the way to the end to see that the, they found the, the city. They believe it's the oldest city on the planet, 10,000 years old. They found where they've built on it and on it and on it three times over. They've even found where it had fallen in at one stage. I had to wait to the very end to find that out. But spoiler alert, I'd read the book, so I knew what was going to happen in the end. So I had to wait to the whole end of the show to find that out. But you see, what was amazing to me about this is how they described how big this city was, how it was the most powerful city on the planet at the time. And, and the period of time was such a long time that it had full rule and reign. I'm not sure if you even start, we've got to start this off by, by talking about how big this city is. And, and in this very first part of, of this opening statement, it's like this city is, is talked about in its magnitude. It's impenetrable. It's the biggest city on the planet. It's got, it's got kings. It's got mighty men of valor. It's got men of war inside this. But yet God starts off by this opening statement. He says to Joshua, See, I have given it to you. I love this statement because it, it, it just puts to rest this whole picture. I'm not sure what sort of life you're living right now, what sort of situation you're going through, but it's almost like this. Sometimes we come to God. Well, many times we come to God and we paint Him this picture of how big our problems are. How they're impenetrable. We can't get past this situation. And I can't imagine if you're like in Joshua's shoes right now and you're standing there and you're hiding behind a bush with a couple of your, your watchmen, a couple of your spies, and you're looking at this city from a distance and you're explaining and you can see it and you're writing to the scribe, look, at, look how big it is. It's impenetrable. It's got kings. It's got mighty men of valor. They've got the state-of-the-art weaponry. They've got everything. You can't get in. It says no one goes in and no one comes out. And yet God still says, see, I've given it to you. Sometimes I think we've got to say, I, I, I can imagine Joshua going, Lord, <laughs> excuse me, Lord, just one moment. Can you see what I'm seeing? Can you see what's before me right now? I, I, I get it. I know you're Lord, but my problem's pretty big. I, I, let me just describe the city for you again. It's big. It's impenetrable. No one's going in. No one's going in. It's got kings. It's got mighty men about. And yet he stops him in his tracks and says, See, I have given it to you. See, so, so many of us, we can't even get beyond this point in our lives. See, I have given it to you. No, we keep living behind that bush. We keep living behind that shrub, spying out, going, look, I want to do something, but it's too big. I want to take the victory, but it's too, it's too broad. It's too mighty. I, I don't know if I can. He's saying, see, I've given it to you. Come on, it's time to move into the sea. I've given it to you. It's time to start to put on the eyes of the Lord right now and see, I have given it to you. But you don't understand, Lord. <laughs> you don't understand my problem, my situation, what the, what the doctors have said. See, I have given it to you. Oh, but Lord, I don't think you're getting this. My financial situation, my bank account's in the red. No, 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 no. no. See, 
I have given it to you. But my kids, my spouse, they're away from the Lord. They don't know you, Lord. See, I have given it to you. Come on, church. Come on, Faith Life. It's time to move out of the shadows, out of the hiding place and into the sea. I have given it to you. It's the same. It reminds me of this passage of Scripture where Elijah's saying to him, Lord, open up his eyes. Lord, open up the eyes of my servant. They're surrounded. They're fully surrounded by this army. And then the Lord opens up his eyes and he can see the heavenly hosts. And what a sight to see. Thousands upon thousands, immeasurable. Uh, it's uncountable by the naked. No, nobody can count this number of warrior angels that are on your side. Hallelujah. See, I have given it to you. And this morning, this is the whole point of what I want to preach to you about is how to live in victory, how to live the life of victory. And you've got to move this morning, Joshua 6, into the realm of see, I've given it to you. See, I've given it to you. You good? Well, here we go. The first, second thought really uh, this morning is, is this verse. Verse 3 says, You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. You shall do this six days. You shall do this six days. It kind of sounds like a prescription to me. I don't know if you, if you understand a prescription. It's like take one tablet three times a day with food. Like it's written backwards. It's like, wouldn't you eat first? Then take, no, I don't know. Anyway, you shall march around the city. All you men of war, you shall go up all around the city once. You shall do this six days. What is this about? This is the part I believe we overlook so much. You know what this is all about? This is concerning. This thought of unity. You want to see a revival? It's time to unite. Unity always comes before a revival. What, become, what comes before unity is humility. Because I have to humble myself. I have to lay down my own selfish ambitions to unify with the camp. See, if I want to be a soldier, there's no, the action hero story is not a real story. That's why we love it so much when we come to the movies. Can you imagine if you just went to see a movie and it was just about a whole army? Nobody would want to see that. We want to see the individual because it represents me. I'm an individual. But humility says, I lay down my own ambitions. I lay down my own selfish ambitions. And I put them before God. And I say, God, what do you want to do with me? You use me. See, I have to get to this point before I can unify. And unity, what does it say here? Psalm 131, it says, Behold, how good and how pleasant is it for the brethren. Who's the brethren? us to dwell in unity, to dwell together in unity. It's like precious oil, the Bible says, running down the head uh, of Aaron's beard, down to the edges of his garments. Uh, and it says, unity will command a blessing. I don't know about you, but who needs a blessing commanded over their lives this morning? Uh, yeah, come on, 10 of us, there's probably more. But I, I believe that we all need it. 
over our lives. Come on, over our spouse's life, over our children's life, over our household. Who wants, a, you know, a blessing commanded, commanded over your street, over your neighborhood. Come on, over this city, over this country. Leviticus 26 verse 8 says, Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. Your enemy shall fall by the sword before you. And, and this, is, this is powerful. This is what happens when we unify. You do it on your own, you get little result. You do it together, you see a multitude. Multitude. Come on, it's time to unite. And you know what I've noticed? Unity is something that's practiced, not prayed for. Oh, I've heard it many times. I come to the prayer meeting. Oh, Lord, just help me. Help me. Help me get along with the Smiths. Help me, Lord, please do a work in me so I just get along with the Joneses. No, just get along with them, right? It's something that you don't pray for. You just do it. You practice unity. Unity is something that we practice. Amen? It's time to practice it today. Uh, we need to get over some things today. And this is what I found. This is key. Acts 2. It says, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, it says that they were all there in one accord, in one place. It doesn't mean they drove a Honda. No, it's serious. They, they didn't drive a Honda Accord. They, obviously, they drove an Odyssey. No, they had an Odyssey because it, it's a people mover. 120 in the upper room. They, had, they couldn't have all just had Accords. It's an old one, but a good one. And it says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as a rushing mighty wind, and the whole house uh, uh, where, the, where they were, were sitting it was filled it says, filled. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire and sat upon each and every one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance or the Spirit gave them the, the ability. What's the key here? What's the key to this moment? Now, I get it. It's 50 days. That's what Pentecost means. 50 days after the Passover. 50 days after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I know that our God is into dates. And that moment, that very moment, when the Spirit came, when the Spirit fell, was the exact moment where Moses on Mount Sinai received the power of God for the first time. It's called the Festival of Weeks, and it coincides with that very date. I know that there's, very, there's so many similarities to that date. When Moses, what, what did Moses receive? He received a new language on tablets. What did we receive in the upper room? A new tongue, a new language. Come on, a heavenly language, a heavenly prayer language, a heavenly tongue. There's so many different things that happened on that day of Pentecost that happened the same place in Mount Sinai. But for one man, one man gets filled. He sees God's power. He sees his presence. He sees his glory. Immediate passive judgment takes place. 3,000 people die. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people get saved, right? Because the letter kills, but the Spirit brings life. There's so many different uh, circumstances. The tabernacle was birthed. On the day of Pentecost, what happened? The church was birthed on the day. Now, I get the similarities, but what was the, I think there was a, um, a pin, like a lintel beam, uh, the, this moment in time that I believe that, that turned it all on its head. Why didn't it happen earlier? Why didn't it happen later? It says because they were all there together 
in one accord in unity. Something changed about their number. Well, there was over 500 people that saw Jesus after his death and resurrection. They saw him face to face. Why wasn't there 500 in the upper room? Well, you know people. They have disagreements. <laughs> they, they, they don't get along so well, but here we are. 50 days later and the number has dwindled to 120. I've heard different theories. It was the Gideon effect. God was just looking for the remnant. No, I don't believe that. I believe, you know what, this upper room, it had different people in it. All different sorts of people from all different walks of life, just like you and I today. We've got some people in there that were learned. They knew the Torah off by heart. They'd studied it. They could, they could quote the first five books of the Bible. But then there was unlearned people in there. There was tax collectors. There was people from all different walks of life. You know, there was women there. You know, that would upset some people in that time and in this time. There was all different sorts of people from all different walks of life. Do you know who was there as well? Mary, the mother of Jesus. Did you know that? She was in there, in the upper room. I find this quite interesting because the Catholics believe that they own her. And I've got news for them. My son, he goes to the school down the road called St. Mary's of the Cross. You go to the school and there's a little Mary out the front and she's doing something. I don't, I'm not sure what she's doing with her hands. But she's there. And I think... I look past and I giggle because I think, you know what, you don't own her. She was in the upper room. She was a tongue-talking believer. She was filled with the fire of God. She was a rubber gumboot. She should have bought a Honda, but she bought a Kia. She, <laughs> oh, you don't understand. She had, she had the fire of God in her life. She was a tongue-talking, fire of God-filled, spirit-filled woman, the woman of God. And, and you, you don't believe me? Well, I'm telling you, this is how I know. Because, you know, it says that when she came into contact, remember his sister uh, Elizabeth, and, and she, had this, she had John inside of her, right? And it says that when they came together, it, what, what happened? It said John, the baby inside of Elizabeth's womb, said flipped over. It's the first time a Baptist has ever fallen under the power of God. That's how I know she was filled with the fire of God. It's quite... You're having fun today. You know what? I just think church should be fun. And we should have a good time. And, um, and this is why. This is another thing I believe. We're together in this room. Don't ever forsake the gathering of the saints. I know we went through a time and we had hell and we went through time when we were all apart from each other and what, how that hurt so many people. And the body of Christ was never, be, never meant to be separated via the internet. <laughs> it's true. You know, nothing, nothing is ever created without intimacy because there's no discipleship over the internet, is there? You can't disciple, right? My children, they weren't born via the internet. You might get that tomorrow. <laughs> but you have to come together. You have to come together. That's where creation starts. 
Amen. And I learned something valuable. The power of God doesn't fall over Zoom. No, that's why. That's why the power of God, it fell in the upper room, not in the upper Zoom. So Matthew 18, 20 says, For where there are two or three gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. All right? Is there two or three of us today? Amen. Unity is the key to revival. Even if you look at this story, Joshua 5, you go back, what happened? They consecrated themselves. They came back together and they said a second time, this generation, the other generation that died in the wilderness, now there's a second generation. They haven't yet belonged to God. They haven't yet consecrated themselves. It says that all the men got together, made flint knives and circumcised the second generation. There's a consecration that needs to take place. There's a belonging to him that needs to take place. And and the New Testament puts it this way. Paul says there's a circumcision of the heart that we all need to take place in. If we're going to unite together, there's certain issues that can't come with you. Come on, if you want a revival today, there's certain heart issues that can't come on the journey. That anger issue, it's got to be put to rest. Come on, that, that financial situation, that, that issue, this issue, that relationship issue, they can't come on the journey of revival. It's time to consecrate yourselves again. Amen? Amen. Next thought, Joshua 6 verse 10. And I want to talk about this because we all get very hyped up about this. It's about the shout. Joshua 6, verse 10, says, Now, Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, Shout, then you shall shout. Well, firstly, I want to give it up for Joshua for being an incredible leader, because if he said that today, he'd be cancelled off all social media for telling people what to do. But I'm all about the shout. Listen to me. My whole preaching's about the shout. I, I shout so much, I make my voice hurt the next day and the day after. It's a bad trait, but I need to fix it. But anyway, let's not talk about that. I'm all about the shout because the Bible says, clap your hands, all your people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. See, you've got to shout. You've got to make some noise. You know, no, nothing ever gets done by being completely just, Why I'm praising on the inside. No, you can't praise on the inside. The Bible says, make your request be made known unto him. You've got to say something. You've got to say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. No say so, no redemption. He's the high priest of our confession. What you say matters. You've got to say something. That's why when I say to people, hey, come on, get into it. Say something back, encourage the preacher. It's not because I'm so insecure and I need a pat on my back and I need encouragement. No, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the, this church is even called faith, faith life. It's the life of faith. It's I walk by faith and not by sight. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, right? So you've got to say something. You've got to make the word audible because faith is contagious. You start saying amen, praise the Lord, preach it. That's good news. 
Hallelujah. You know what? It starts to spread. It starts to catch on. The person next to you that's been living in hopeless, hopeless life, been living in depression, starts going, you know what? I, th- I think this is for me. I think I can, I can do this. I can do another week. I can do another month, another year. It starts to build faith in their life. Amen? Amen. That's why you've got to shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was praying for people on this line the other week and this person said to me, can you not shout when you pray for me? And I said, why is that? She said, I don't like it when you shout. I said, what do you mean you don't like it? She said, it upsets me. I said, it upsets the devil. You've got to understand something. I'm not shouting at you. I'm shouting at what's behind you. I'm shouting at what's been controlling you for years. What's been controlling the generations. Come on, what's been, what's been going through each generation, a generational curse. I'm not talking to you. I'm shouting at the problem. Some of us need to get this idea that, come on, there's a bigger thing out there. And you have got the authority to shout at it. But listen to this point here. Don't shout and don't make any noise. Now you're thinking, he's contradicting himself. No, I believe they had to learn something. The children of Israel had to go through this lesson first. They had to stop talking before they could start shouting. And so many of us need to go on this lesson. So many of us need the anointing of Zechariah. <laughs> Maybe you need to go home and read your Bible. You get, understand that. What happened to Zechariah? Well, before John was born, what happened? The angel of the Lord came to him, said, you're going to have a son. He's going to call him John. <laughs> what happened to Zechariah? He got the anointing of Zippet. Some of us need the anointing of Zippet this morning. Why? Because we undo all the good that God does in our lives by what we talk about. We undo the very good things, the blessings, the anointing, the power by what we murmur, by what we speak about in the private life, by when we wake up in the morning, oh, I don't feel good this morning. No, you don't. Why? Because you keep talking about it. You haven't stopped. Smith Wigglesworth was reported to believe that every morning he got up and when he, when he prayed for people, he was in more pain than they were in, but yet he got up and every morning said, I thank you, Lord, for today is a great day. Today's a new day. Even though he was in pain, he started rejoicing. He started praising. He started dancing around the room. He didn't care about any kink, any pain, any, anything that was going on in his life, but he praised, amen? Amen. amen. Some of us need the anointing of Zechariah. Zip it. <laughs> Zip it. Imagine, I believe this, every morning, imagine them getting up. First of all, they've had to consecrate themselves. You know what that means? It's circumcised. And so they're in the tents and they're doing this. They waited, it says, until they were healed. Some of us are healed but still hurt. And then they get told to march around. Now, you're going to march around for six days but in complete silence. Well, I can imagine if they were Australians, they'd be like, no, I'm going home, forget this. Is there overtime? Will I be getting paid for this? Let's just go back to the wilderness. where we, Let's go back to Egypt, in fact, where we had leeks and, and soup. At least we had some food. Like, you're going to make us march in silence? Can you imagine marching around 
in silence. Just like, um, here we go. Can you imagine nudging you? What's this Joshua about? What's going on? What's Joshua? Should we quit? I think we should quit. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up. March around. No, zip it. And so many of us, we undo the very goodness that God's done. But he's called you today to march. But pastor, you don't, stop it. Just march. But you don't get, you don't understand. Pastors aren't doing the right job. They need to be, keep marching. But I should send them an email after this service because I'm offended. Stop it. Just March, but I don't know if I, that's enough now. That's enough now. You've said too much. You're undoing the faith right now. You're undoing what God has been building up in your life. It's time to put one foot in front of the other and begin to march. Hallelujah. I hope you're feeling this. And if the band would come, it'd be awesome. It says here, Verse 4, seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. You know what that speaks of? Before the ark. That's his presence. You know what? We can't get much done without his presence. It's great talking about positive talk and and faith talk. and, And that's all great. But you know what? There comes a moment when you need his presence. You need the ark to show up. And what does the ark represent? Victory. His presence represents victory. Hallelujah. Come on, you want to see the victory? It's time to get in his presence. Amen. Come on, you want his power? It's time to get in his presence. And Acts 2, 2 says, suddenly this came a sound from heaven, a mighty rushing wind filled that whole house where they were sitting. And what happened? His presence filled the house, filled the temple. And finally, I want to finish here. Verse 5, it says, And it shall come to pass. Oh, I don't know about you, but that does something in my spirit. It shall come to pass. Some of us need to wake up and say that statement every morning. You know what? I don't care what the world says. It shall come to pass. I don't care what I've read in the news today, what alert has come up on my phone. It shall come to pass. I check my bank account again for the seventh time and nothing. It shall come to pass. Some of us, we need to stop right there. That's our message for the rest of the year. You want to live in victory? Get up in the morning and say, it shall come to pass. Enemy, I've had enough. Come on, the devil's a liar. Stop listening to his schemes and his lies and his gimmicks. It shall come to pass. It's time to speak back. Speak up, speak back. Then the shout comes. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast. With the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet. (laughs) I love this. What are you sending out before your battles? No, I can do this. I know I can do this. I've got this gift. I've got that talent. I've got a sword. I've got a mighty man. I've got i got soldiers. No, 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 no. What did they send out first? The band. The trumpet players. <laughs> the trumpet players. The ram's horn blowers. The flute players. The, the timbrels. The cymbals. What's fighting your battles today? Your praise? 
your worship. I can't because the devil's taken my voice and he's taken away my, my shout and my praise. Start to praise him. Clap your hands. All your people. What are you sending out to battle to fight for you this morning? Come on, it's time to lift up a shout of praise. It's time to declare again, it shall come to pass. It's time to believe again, it will come to pass. It shall come to pass. It has come to pass. It is happening right before our very eyes. Come on, the miracle, the healing, the favour, the blessing. It will and it shall and it has come to pass today. It's time to believe it. Would you stand to your feet right now all across this place? And it finishes here that every man shall go up before Him. Every man, every woman, every child, every belong, every cat, every dog, everything you own. What's this talking about? <laughs> Possessing the land. And we live in a God, we live for a God who believes in the power of victory. Power of possession, taking hold, laying hold of what belongs to you. It's rightfully yours. You've been given dominion. You've been given authority. It's time to take back what the enemy's robbed from you. It's time to take back what the devil stole. It's time to possess. It says, and every man, woman, child, belonging, will take hold, will possess that land. Come on, it's time to believe again. Come on, I don't know what sort of situation you've been living in, but it's time to believe again. I don't know what the banks told you, but it's time to believe again. Come on, I don't know what the doctors told you, it's time to believe again. Time to lay hold of. Hallelujah. So what do we do? It's time to see. I see it, Lord. I see it in my mind's eye. I see the promises before you. Some of us, come on, let's just close our eyes right now and begin to picture the dream again. Come on, I know God's reminding many of us of the dream. Do you see it? Is this what He says? See, see it. I see it. I see it. Come on, see the door opening. See the finance coming in. See the business deal happening. See the miracle, the sickness going, the tumour leaving, the growth dissolving. It's time to see it. Yes, Lord, I see it. Stop coming up with excuses that it's impenetrable. I can't do it. It won't happen. Begin to see it now in Jesus' name. Begin to see it now. See it. And now it's time to unify. Put aside all the bickering, all the arguing between people. Unify, unify, unify. Unify. Then the shout comes. But before you shout, it's time to march. March in silence. Come on, you want to see a revival? It's time to march again. God's calling people out this morning, giving you a fresh anointing, a fresh calling, saying, you ready to march for me again? Come on, it's going to cost you everything. But the rewards will far outweigh any cost. It's time to march again. Come on, it's time to believe again. And you need His presence and you need His power this morning. If you want to see the victory, come on, is there anybody here this morning that wants to see the victory? Come on, anybody here that's believing for a breakthrough, is believing for the victory, believing for a miracle in your life. 
If that's you this morning, I'm going to open up the altar right now. I'm going to say, if you want to come, just come. We're going to believe for a victorious life, a breakthrough life. You need a breakthrough in your finances. You need a breakthrough in your marriage. You need a breakthrough, come on, in your body, in your healing, in your children's life. It's time to come. Would you come right now? Come on, we're going to.